for my peoples one time. What up, what up, what up? You are listening, you are listening live <laughs> to Across the Intersection podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with Avery, Dan, and we even got Landis in the building. Yes, sir. So we appreciate you all who are listening and subscribing to our illustrious podcast. As always, you can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud as usual. For those of you listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. We would gladly appreciate that. And as always, you can follow us on social media. Hit us up at Across This on Twitter, um, Across the Intersection on Facebook, and Across This One on the Grizzam. Um, I am at Divinimus on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, the Gram. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Twitter and Facebook. That's it. <laughs> now we gotta we 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 gotta get Landis up, up up to speed. So Landis is tell him what your tell him what your Twitter handle is because that just makes me laugh every time. Oh, uh, skins realist. <laughs> Landis but, makes it his profession to troll. <laughs> I do, I do, I really do. Yeah, but I love my team though. Most I just honest Redskins fan, huh? I, yeah, skins I, I realist. Yeah, I is that possible? <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It is. I, I think that uh, you know, I, it was one guy who uh, he said, Dude, "You can't be, a, you can't, you got to be a fan of both." You can't. I said, "I could compartmentalize. I can be a fan of the team and hate the organization at the same time." Okay. You know, I'm, okay. I'm real. I'm really engaged with this team. I've been a fan of this team for as long as I have. Yeah, you can't convince me otherwise. I, I know this team pretty well, I'd say. So, yes, I've made it a personal purpose of trolling the Redskins. Well, the organization, not the team. So Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if, if anybody wants to get some laughs <laughs> at the expense of the Washington football yeah, team, yeah, please yeah. follow Skins Realist on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, shout, shout, shout out to Captain Kirk that was able to. Go through oh, the oh, go through the purgatory of the Redskins <laughs> yeah. and come out with you know another example with, with a with a with a, a cleanly smelling cloth and yeah. he's about to roll the heck of my up out of this yeah, joint. Forty four million in, in his pocket. Yeah, uh, stuck million. that organization up. Yeah, well it's they like, put him in that position to did. do it, so they that's did. on them. They so, did. Yeah. What about you guys? Um. This Daniel Unger at Facebook or um, com. I don't have Twitter, not on Instagram. He's just going to let y'all know that, by the way. <laughs> no, man, that's... I told y'all I'm going to create a Twitter handle for Dan. I'm going to start tweeting in Dan's name. Like, Dan, is that you? <laughs> yeah, so quiet, man. That's the right attitude. That's yeah. the right attitude. Um, you know, I think you should uh, hit up across this on Twitter. Across. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Why don't you go do that? Y'all just follow across this and look at all the ads. I keep saying I'm gonna start adding Avery, and I'm not doing that. I'm gonna start doing it. Nah, man. I, you know, I mean, the whole thing about social media um, is uh, it's an attention economy, and it's just designed to keep you. Oh yeah, hooked and connected to it. I mean, but yeah, it's narcissism, but it's also it's it's, uh, it's mind control and getting everybody to think the same. Mm-hmm. Groupthink. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's groupthink that is uh that is metricized, mm-hmm. and it's metered and measured, and um and and it's uh 
is is sold and mm. and bought and money plenty of money is being made over it and there are um there are profiles that are built up up on everything in which that you like mm-hmm. and so that's his way of saying he's never going to promote social media. Uh, I mean, you, you 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 can use it for what it's for, but I think people need to understand that there's a two way street that's happening. And so, mm-hmm. uh, for myself, uh, I'm uh, I'm good right now. Well, you know, forget I'm what good. he said, y'all. Y'all go follow at across this. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, Landis being here actually um, got me thinking about a story. Yeah, uh, yesterday I was thinking about it. When I was thinking about today's show, I was like, yeah, I remember this time, me and Landis. So I got invited to speak at this conference up in uh, Pennsylvania. And Landis came with me. I was like, man, you trying to roll me? I'm, I'm going to be speaking at this um, Christian Leadership Conference up in Pennsylvania. So he, you roll up there with me. And um, first of all, we they gave us the little one room, the one the, the, bed, yes. <laughs> the room with one bed. Oh, man. So Landis took like a pillow. was like, I'm good on the floor. Hey, you got it. I was like, but I ain't gonna go grab you in the bed, and now you know I'm married. But anyway, but what's what's funny about it? So when we got there, you know, we put our stuff in the room, and so they had like a little, um, I don't know, like a little fellowship room or whatever you want to call, it. like a little, you know, with some with some refreshment, right. you know, just kind of chilling. Mm-hmm. So you know, we just in there kicking it. So I was like, oh yeah, let's go down here. They um, when I first got there, and I signed in and told them I was there, you know, because they covered the room, the people covered the room and everything. So right. they said, "Oh, sir, you can go down there and um, you know, they they got some refreshments, a little room to chill for all the pe- all the speakers and the leaders." Like, all right, best. I was like, "Hey, let's go down here to this room, chill, you know, for a minute," because we got there kind of late. I think we got off work and then went up there, so it was kind of like in the evening. Mm-hmm. So we get up in the room, <clears throat> put our stuff down, go down to this little fellowship area. And we walk in. So I know a couple of the guys in there. So I'm just walking and saying, what's up? I go to get some something to eat. And one of the mothers come up to us and was like, yeah, you two don't belong in here. So I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. She, she hit us with that drink. And mm-hmm. so she, I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry. What, what? She's like, this is for the leaders and the speakers only. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all, don't, <laughs> y'all don't belong oh, in man. here. Yeah. Y'all got to go down the hall with like the regular folk. <laughs> So I was like, man. Now you know, I'm not in my three piece. I'm not in my 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 interview clothes. I'm, clothes I just yeah. I just got on some jeans and some tennis. So I think I might have had on some boots or something. We just chilling, t shirt. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this lady, and I can see it. You know how when you know something's going down. So some of the other people in the room was looking at us, right. and I was looking at them. I was like, all right, man, let's go. So I just left out. So I remember L was like, yo, why you didn't tell her you one of the speakers, man? <laughs> And I just remember thinking, I didn't want her to have like no false humility. Like she wanted to judge me based on how I look. She yeah. didn't want to, and it was a black woman too. Just by the way, so just in case <laughs> well, y'all y'all want to go there, <laughs> yeah, this, you know, this was not a yeah, race exactly. Issue People think it's all. a race issue, but no. it was an older black lady, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, she didn't ask me if I was a speaker. She just automatically like assumed, assumed, like, mm-hmm. yo, you you got to get out of here. Yeah. And I was like. Did you even ask me? But I said, you know, I'd rather the, the Lord convict her when she see me tomorrow up on the panel mm-hmm. speaking. I'd rather him do the conviction than me trying to embarrass her. Because mm-hmm. I was looking around the room and I was just like, yo, these people, I could easily embarrass her or be like, yo, man, when you get your girl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I just thought about that story because it was funny because we were right. walking down the hall and I was, the next day I was just wondering, because it was a big room. It was a big it was auditorium. A nice room. It was yeah, huge. it was. It was huge. Was I was remember just sitting there thinking like, Lord, I wonder if this lady's in the room right now. Mm. Look at, looking at us up here speaking. So I don't know. I just thought about that story yeah. when uh, Landis was coming through today. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, y'all. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. The adventures, our, our adventures out in uh, 
the 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 land of professional professional <laughs> Christendom. Yeah. Man, so yes, but this is gonna be like I don't know, this is gonna be like the, the special Landis episode. So mm-hmm. with, with with that in mind, with Landis being the, the skins realist. The skins realist, man. This ain't about the skins though, but this is no. about football. Um so this week was the Super Bowl, right? Today is February tenth. Uh, yep. Super Bowl was last week, all right? And one of the things, because I'm not really a big football fan, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not. I'm more of a basketball fan, so I watch NBA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not, you know, I kind of keep football on the periphery. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really like, oh, like yo, the Super Bowl, this, that, and the third. But one of the things I want to kind of keep my ear to the streets, you know, the streets. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to to hear um, how the NFL would try to, if at all, sidestep Kaepernick. The protests, all that stuff that had been going on all season. I, I was reading an article um, in SB Nation where it was talking about how just how the protests had kind of waned, you know, throughout the season. And they were saying in, in week 17, there was only seven players that were kneeling by the, you know, by the end of the season. Last week of the season, there was only seven players that were still protesting, like actively protesting during the national anthem. And they list all seven players. Um, but you know they have the media week leading up to the Super Bowl, all the interviews and press conferences, etc. And mm-hmm. the only comment that I could even find referencing Cap and the protest was Malcolm Jen- Jenkins making like a passing comment about when he first saw Kaepernick kneeling. Oh, it was like an aha moment for me. But anyway, let's get back to this game. You know, it's just kind of like real, like a real passing comment. So mm-hmm. I don't know what what are your thoughts on how this joint has just kind of really w- completely went from like a thing that could have crippled the NFL to like, all right, nothing to see here, folks. You know, so they just cleaned that up, put the police tape up, cleaned up the crime scene, and now it's all back, you know, it's, it's like all back, it's all back pristine and, uh, you know, shiny for Super Bowl 52. Hmm. Well, you know, I think because, one, because it's a big game, nobody's really thinking about that. Uh, um, I think that when it comes to the protest, and like I said, it, it, it has, I have noticed it dying off. Um, even during the season, it, you know, it was dying off. And for him to make that comment, it, it doesn't surprise me because I think, one, because the NFL, I mean, it, it, it has had a ratings problem anyway. And a lot of people try to blame uh, part of that was the protest or whatever, but the the NFL has had an issue long before the protest. I mean, it, there was the product. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a ratings problem because of the product, because of the 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 uh, calls of the officials. I mean, it's it's been so much stuff that's been going on with that. Um, so, not mention Kaepernick is not a surprise to me because. Um, because again, one nobody's really thinking about that during the during the biggest game of your life, and so from there you're just like, oh, yeah, it's Kaepernick, whatever. And nobody's really thinking about that. All you're thinking about is winning that game. And I didn't expect people to protest either. Um, I didn't see any. Um, I just first time me actually hearing about um, seven. You said it was seven people. Who- well, no, they were saying in week seventeen. The last oh, game of the season, yeah, yeah, there was still seven people that was kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah, and that and that's the part of the week where it's like, no, nobody has really anything to play for at that point, and you know, I mean, really, it's, 
I guess because they figured, hey, it was it, it wasn't really um they weren't really doing it during the season that much anyway, so it's like what's the point, you know? Um uh-huh. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's, it's like rough out here. It's rough yeah, it's like what's the point? And then the thing is, is that you haven't really heard anything about um, anybody dying by the hands of police. And he, you know, I think it was really amped up when you saw consistently people getting shot, people yeah, getting yeah. shot by police. But you really haven't seen any of that, and I think that's the reason why some of it has died down, and why they haven't mentioned. Kaepernick or any other protest because you that was the time where I actually seen them really protest and it's like see this is why we protest when you see another man, black man get shot when Kaepernick was uh, being criticized by even people like Jerry Rice but then when you saw a video of another black man getting shot by the police then that's when it comes up and that's when you really see the protests come out but you haven't really seen any of that during the season so now it's like the protest is like you know, really, what's the point? So I think part of that is why it kind of died off because you really haven't seen black men getting shot by police or, or by police or anything like that. So I think that's part of it. But yeah, I think that's just my thoughts on that so far. So yeah, yeah. I I look at it from kind of three aspects. First, you got the mm-hmm. NFL. They're going to have their agenda, and they you know right. want that swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. You got the people. Who are protesting who are you know advocating for social justice and then you've got the media now you know you get you really got the two sides nfl and the people protesting but right. it's the media that really controls the spin of things so mm-hmm. the media will jump on hot topics and it was a hot topic when kaepernick initially did that and for a while with like uh, landis was saying with the with the police shootings and everything so they, this was something for them to cover. Right. Uh, but now they're kind of like, okay, this has run its course, mm-hmm. and now we're going to move on to something else. And without media, I'm sure they're, you know, if, if if the media did cover even those few people that you mentioned mm-hmm. protests, and if they covered it more, then more people might have joined them in that. True. But the... It, yeah, the media really controls it. The media will cover what it wants to cover, mm-hmm. and if you know, if you got seven, ten, even twenty people protesting, but the media isn't covering it, then it's it's not going to be a topic of conversation. But the media does, you know, if there's just one or two people protesting, the media covers it like, mm-hmm. you know, provides regular covers on it, then it will be a a bigger issue. But I think. Mm-hmm. The media said, "Okay, it's it's run its course. Uh, let's let's let it die down, and everyone enjoy the Super Bowl." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 actually just um I'm a little surprised, um, honestly, because you know when you bring stuff like that up, it's like red meat to you know some of these savages out here. So I'm yeah. actually surprised they didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, the dem that there was a demonstration planned. Um, by this dude, um, oh, shoot, I lost Matt Reeves or Mel Mel Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, now they had planned to have several hundred people show up, but I, I think it was Matt Reeves, not Matt Reeves. <laughs> Matt Reeves. <laughs> but um, only like eighty people showed up. This is uh, this is outside the stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few blocks from the stadium. So, but I was just surprised that they still didn't even mention. I mean, the media, like what Dan was saying, that they didn't even mention it because it's like it's like throwing red meat to some of these savages. Right. You know, they they would have. Yeah eating that up so yeah that 
that was surprising to me. And then, you know, the only the other thing that was unfortunate, you know, that a lot of people fought. Let me ask what what, what you guys think. And I've, I've heard this before where the NFL players were put in a very tough situation mm-hmm. because we were expecting guys who, let's just keep it 100, who were not very articulate, mm-hmm. who were probably not thinking on this level, right, to now be the spokespeople for a movement. Mm-hmm. These guys have spent their whole lives training their bodies right. to be, you know, killing machines pretty much on the field, mm-hmm. not to be like these metaphysical thinkers about society yes, and weightier like topics. Socially conscious. Right, exactly. And, all, yeah. and so now, metaphysical, socially, <laughs> listen to me being all extra weird. Like, they're thinking about the sun, the moon, the stars. <laughs> but. You know, but thinking about these more heavier social topics, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're expecting them to be at the forefront and to be, you know, think thinking about things that, to to be honest, they probably wasn't thinking nothing about. They might have lived through some terrible experiences, but listen, Mm -hmm. these guys are football players. They're professional. They spend the majority of their time training and you know investing in their bodies, and so now to Mm -hmm. expect these guys to instantly be ready to be at the forefront of a social movement. Right. Do you think that it was a little unfair to the players? Um I do think it was. I, I do think it is because I because we have this I think society and us as fans, I think we have a jaded view of how we think of players. Like and I, I think there's a hypocritical element in it too where where we think that um like when players when they protested, they were criticized for that. Well, I ain't watching football no more. But and it's like, well, we only want them to we only want them to entertain us. And it's like, okay, which which one do you want? Do you want them to be, you know, it, it, the minute they speak about something that is socially conscious, even if they may not articulate it well, now you want them to just be quiet and just nah, just just entertain us, you know, dance monkey dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's, 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 to, so to me, it's like I think it is a bit unfair, and we always try to say, and and then you hear some of them say, you know, either the pundits or whatever, they always try to say, oh, well, keep them, um, we'll keep politics out of it and all that kind of stuff, and to me, it's hypocritical because if you want to keep politics out of it, don't have the president speak during. Uh, do an interview during the Super Bowl or whatever. You was gonna say something? Well, yeah. So I, I was one of the. I, you know, I, I've been involved with uh, protesting and you know, did some things here and there and whatever. Um, there are some. There's some things in which that I, I learned um, throughout the process of getting a firsthand view uh, of some of these, um, some of these groups, and um, I've ultimately decided to distance myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> I was one of uh, one of the people not watching the NFL um, for a majority of the season. Uh, but I can say with hindsight and really analyzing the situation outside of, again, social media mm-hmm. and um, just taking like, you know, trying to look at the situation from uh, a multi-layered view, mm-hmm. um, I would say that I would say that it is uh, trying to ultimately tackle a topic that is um, much, much deeper than the NFL one. Uh, The NFL is like just a a top aside 
layer, so to speak. But it's not it, it, like this whole the narrative. The narrative pretty much doesn't even have a place in the NFL. Um, the, this idea, this concept of you know black people getting shot by white cops, is a narrative. It's a racial narrative. Um, but there's a lot of violence that goes on uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a narrative that's pieced together by uh, a lot of viral videos. But again, that's all narrative and it's based off of promotion trying to show a particular story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, the, 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 um, <clears throat> I don't think that, I don't think that a comprehensive solution, uh, as far as, as far as people getting shot by cops has been, um, proposed, mm-hmm. uh, because, you have two people that are on the bottom of the food chain, right? And that is, you have the black population, uh, and then you have the police, both at the bottom of the food chain. And so uh, there are a lot, there are a lot bigger, um, there are, there are a lot bigger levers that are being pulled, so to speak, mm-hmm. and um, the conversation on the things in which that need to take place in order to resolve the issue is a whole lot deeper than just bringing awareness to the casual fan um, during during um during the pledge of allegiance mm. so um that i so with that said so with that said i don't i understand i understand, I, I i would like to say that i understand Kaepernick's passion um i think that if Kaepernick said that he was going to do something he said he was going to have this million dollar pledge and from what I was able to tell, he succeeded as far as yeah. his pledge, mm-hmm. his pledge goes. And I mean, honestly, that's kind of that, right. you know, um, the the bringing the president, the whole political thing and, and all of that. I think that that's not you have to you have to understand. And this is the thing that goes not advertising it's on purpose that this country doesn't work as advertised. Like not everything is equal, so some people have like like we we exist under a particular rule, right? We posi- we we exist under under a particular group of watchers, so to speak, and uh, it's pretty much their, you know, it's their world, and so that's why the president can come in, he can say sons of bitches and all that other stuff, or right. you know, do different things. Um, that's why they can force the pledge of allegiance, and you're like, yeah, but the third stanza says, you know, like I'm trash. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like nothing to see here, nothing to see yeah, here. Yeah, because I mean, you know, if you 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 or us or whoever is not the people that are under control, uh, you, you know, we're not the people that are being reigned. I mean, we're we're not the reigners. You know what I mean? Like they are. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to be hypocritical. And whenever something gets up too too high, they just throw money at it. Oh, so. Yeah. What really, what really, you know, put a sort of squelch the the players' protest in which there was a split. Remember, there was a, a lot of internal beef. Was back in November. Remember, they had those meetings, and the NFL said, "All right, we're going to give like eighty nine million to social justice causes." Right. And it was like once that happened, the majority of the players was like, "All right, I'm good. I'm gonna go back." I'm gonna go back fishing, like you know, like like the apostles after Jesus Christ. I'm gonna yeah. go back fishing. Yeah. And it's like whenever something gets too high, where they where they feel like it might become a potential issue, they've already ostracized Cap, so he's right. gone. But it's still an issue. Then let's just throw money at it. Yeah. And when you that, make people comfortable financially, 
Yeah, they sort of stop, you know, the unrest. So, and that's 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 the uh, same thing that could be said about the concussion thing. When all the players were, when there was a class action suit for concussions and saying that the NFL they didn't tell us the whole truth about football and how it affects the brain, they threw money at that. They mm-hmm. threw millions and millions of dollars to that. Okay, we're gonna give the uh, the the former players this amount of money a month. So yeah, That's a I good point. When, when the last time you heard about concussions? This is you, exactly right. right. Exactly. Well, well, I had, I mean, not, not on this, not on this medium, but uh, I remember saying last year that the NFL could address this very, uh, very, uh, very easily um, by supporting certain um, bills that were um, for, that were, that, that, that were, that were for the, Resolution of this particular issue uh, of um, of police conduct. I remember saying that, and I said that you know if they just did that, they said, "Hey, we're going to support this. Well, we'll promote awareness of these particular things happening in maybe the communities of the cities of these franchises." Then I mean, I, I don't really think the NFL could, like they would have done. You know, they they would have gone above and beyond whatever it is that they you know. That they needed to do, mm-hmm. in order to in order to acknowledge this issue, and that's apparently what I mean. What they pledged to do uh, with with bringing in that PR person, I can't remember her name, uh, but that's exactly what she she had proposed, like this solution, and then it was like it was um it was turned down, and then it was accepted, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple weeks later or a month later or something along those lines after Trump. Said what he said. Uh, right. it, it, it was something along those lines. But to me, I mean, that's a for. I'm not saying. To me, that's a in the eyes of the in the eyes of the protester, in the eyes of what Kaepernick was doing, and then the subsequent subsequent other NFL players. I think I think that's a win. Mm. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know where the eighty nine million dollars went, mm. but I mean, yeah. I mean, when I think you know, it's it's twofold. It's the continuing to keep it in the forefront, but it's also doing the stuff behind the scenes. So I can appreciate the NFL donating $89 million to social causes. That's right. cool. When are you going to get rich guys to donate that much money to anything right. that's not benefiting them? You well, know? it does mm-hmm. benefit them because it's a tax write-off. But well, it is a tax write-off. That, that's, point, yeah. That's, yeah, but given the, given the mechanics of, the, of, our, um, of our society and uh, how, the, how capitalism works and whatnot, I mean, that's pretty much the most... Within the con- within the confines of capitalism, the most that you can pretty much do. Yeah, yeah but just, I'm just uh, you know waiting for them to not. I, I wish they would have not stopped, you know, protesting or talking just because the money came up. And yeah, and just yeah. going going back to the point you were making earlier, as far as the us elevating the the NFL players or just sports figures in general to be these great uh, social justice warriors, it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. I think I know. Uh, me and AJ were talking earlier, but there's nowadays you see you see a lack of leaders as far as social justice, as far as civil rights. We don't have many people to look up to. Um, mm-hmm. So as soon as uh, Kaepernick stands up, okay, oh, we're gonna get behind it, but then that dies off. You don't. He's he can't do it by himself. Right, and we need we need other people to. We, to stand in the gap, you see that there's a big difference nowadays compared to how it was during the civil rights movement. They were able to boycott the bus system for 
like for, two years, for, right? yeah, year for at least a, at least a year. But you're not going to see a NFL players <laughs> boycott in the NFL. Not not even two weeks. No, Forget right. two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't have any real leaders on on the forefront, and mm-hmm. we can't look towards sports figures or celebrities to right. to fill in that gap. That that's not their role. I mean, they no. some of them may stand up for a little while, like Kaepernick does, but we right. need we need someone to really yeah to stand up. Yeah, they don't they don't have to. Like like you said, it's not their role. Like right. They, they, yeah, and I think that's why it's unfair to them because there's nothing in the contract that says that you have to be a social, you have to be socially conscious about issues or whatever. That's not that's not what they signed up for. They signed up to play football. They signed up to play on the gridiron. They signed up to play tackle football. They signed up to be like gladiators. They didn't sign up. Now they can do it if they want yeah. to. If 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 they're that passionate about their um, they're passionate about certain issues, but they don't have to. That's right. not their responsibility. Yeah, and we're think... we're actually forgetting, like Kaepernick or Muhammad Ali, people like that. Like those are anomalies. Yes, like, people think that that's like the standard for these, you know, for these players. Yeah. And it's like those Definitely. guys are anomalies. Definitely. That's, yeah. It's like Neo in the Matrix, you know what I mean? Right. It's like that's not that's not happening all the time. Yeah. So I think what people were expecting, like when Cap mm-hmm. started doing his thing, was like, well, what the rest of y'all gonna do? Well, come on. It's like, nah, right. Cap is a like Cap was willing to forfeit his career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. was willing to forego playing in NFL, fame, money, whatever else came along with that in order to, you know, I mean Muhammad Ali sacrificed three years of his prime. Mm-hmm. You know, um I think that people need to understand that these guys are anomalies. This is not the the average player. So I agree. Yes. I think expecting professional football players or basketball players or anybody to um yeah. be on the forefront of these issues now they can help you know it's always great to have listen let's just keep it 100 Avery said it before we live in a capitalist society mm-hmm. it's always great to have people with money in your camp yeah. so it's, there, there's nothing I mean Harry Belafonte was one of Martin Luther King's biggest donors benefactors mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he had money so it's always good to have people with money in yep. your in your camp yep. but to expect that person to be at the forefront, like you got to be the one speaking and doing and right. you know leading. I think that was a little you know unfortunate that people expected mm-hmm. NFL players to to be that. I was just I was just surprised that you know other than like I said other than Malcolm Jenkins making that one comment, he wasn't actually mentioned. Um, not a once, especially by the media. Like you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm expecting the media to try to stoke some beef. Right. Hey guys, you still you know like you know just how reporters are they right. they, they they try to stoke controversy. So to hear not a single yeah, person they, mention it, 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 I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that with, with the uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Avery. I think to piggyback what you're saying with the, being capitalism and with Dan talking about the media, I think it just coincides. The reason why it wasn't brought up is because the NFL doesn't want too much. They're already losing a lot of money. The Super Bowl didn't have, um, you know, most Super Bowls have record-breaking uh, ratings. They didn't have that. It dropped off. They're not trying oh, to have last year. Yeah, it, oh. it dropped off a lot. And because they've already had this ratings issue and because the the money that it generates, it's what, a $9 billion a year industry, they are they have been losing money for a while now. They're not trying to have yeah, that and, drama going on. But, but also... You, 
when you you talk about the media and like as the media is a separate separate entity and it's not like the media is just as an arm for corporations mm-hmm. to to uh, pop propagandize uh, out the, the proletariat into mm-hmm. into funneling money in particular directions. Period. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for. Um, that's what it does. Like what that's not. That wasn't what his invention was for. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be for a check and a balance and freedom mm-hmm. of the press and right. you know. Right. All of that, but that's not uh, th- that. Again, our system does not work as advertised. Mm-hmm. So when you have companies like the NFL, uh, who uh, who who put on this particular event, then you have these sponsors that then purchase ad time mm-hmm. on the particular television network, and so the television network is not going to jeopardize that that money you see right. what i'm saying right. like the, the the television network wants to keep the relationship going with the nfl and so mm-hmm. the nfl more than likely puts pressure like hey look you know make sure get, your reporters don't be asking yeah <laughs> hey look get off my ground you don't know me you don't know my style right. you yeah, know the, and, you know? And, <laughs> yeah the media the, like you said the media has an agenda um there's only like as far as the media there's probably only one like c-span might be the only thing that you could watch without a particular agenda because it covers everything in its entirety but every every media state every news channel every Mm -hmm. yeah they have an uh, agenda about what they cover they they're not going to give air to everything if as long as it benefits the the company, their the bottom line, then, yeah, and I think yeah, that's why cover it. I think that's why Trump wants to control the narrative so much, and why he's at war with the media. Absolutely, because he realizes the power that media has. <laughs> Absolutely, but, to, but it's a it's a losing battle because the media is such a giant. And as much as he tries to control a narrative with Twitter and stuff, I mean, his base may fall for it, but. I think that's one of the reasons why Trump went at the media the way goes at the media the way he does is because he realizes absolutely the spin. It's a spin giant. They he realizes how um, how the media has the power to mold and shape our perceptions on certain things, absolutely. and I think that's why he wants to control the narrative that much. Well, so. you know what we got to look forward to. What we got to look forward to. We can hope in twenty twenty the XFL. Oh man, the XFL Vince McMahon So yeah um, So we're back And you know As a connection from the NFL topic into what we're going to discuss next, you know, there was some uh, there was some beef about one of the commercials um, on the Super Bowl. It was a Dodge Ram commercial. And um, this goes into our discussion just now about throwing money at stuff. There was a Dodge Ram commercial where, um, of course, Dodge, you know, in American fashion, appropriated one of Martin Luther King's uh, speeches Mm. to sell trucks. Wow. And so it was, a, it was a speech he gave uh, about service and being a servant. Um, and of course, Dodge spins that into our trucks are here to serve, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, you know, that's that's the American way. But it's just yes. unfortunate because there was a lot of backlash. It's like, yo, you really going to try to appropriate Dr. King for, to, to sell trucks? Right. Really? Really, Dodge? So it was, a lot of, it was a lot of heat on Twitter. Wow. But the reason I bring it up is because then here's, you know... It's just it's just rather unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Dexter King, one of Martin Luther King's sons, mm-hmm. is um, in charge of the intellectual properties management company mm-hmm. that oversees all of his father's teachings and speeches and things of that nature. And so here's here's um, Dexter's quote because they asked him about the commercial. He said, we found that the overall message of the ad embodied Dr. King's philosophy that true greatness is achieved by serving others. Thus, we decided to be a part of Rams built to serve Super Bowl program. That's just a payoff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much we got paid. Let's go ahead and chill with all of that. So I just I was like, dang, you know, but that 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 just goes into what, you know, the thing I wanted to, you know, rap about, which was the the changing view because we're now two generations removed from and this is still black history month folks so we're going to talk about a black history thing there you go right so we are now two generations removed from the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. right the civil rights era dr king was assassinated 50 years ago Mm -hmm. right 19 yeah 50 almost 50 years ago yeah it was uh actually i think april it was 1968, right? It was, yeah. I, I, I think it was uh, April 4th, 1968. Yeah, yeah, so we're almost 50 years removed from his assassination. So we're, 50 years is like two generations. I know right. Eve is big on that, so she's like 32 years a generation yeah, ago. Was- <laughs> Actually, out. no, it was um, it was April 9th, 1968 is when he was, it was, when he was uh, shot at uh, the Lorraine, Lorraine was it Motel, Motel yeah. in uh, Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. So we're so we're now two generations removed, and the MLK that is being propagated now, I don't believe is the real Martin Luther King. You know what what we have now is the the watered down PG version, right? Yeah. That's palatable for all audiences. Martin Luther King, he was a good man who just wanted to help, and this, that, and the third. Now he did do those things, right? He was a big proponent of civil rights. He fought for social justice, et cetera, et cetera. But I think when we focus on what he did as opposed to why he did what he did, it sort of takes away from the man. It, it, it takes away from who he actually was. And a lot of times people don't like to talk about it because like everything in this society it gets secularized. We don't want to mention that Martin Luther King was called by God. Like he felt a call from the Lord to do what he did, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't just one day wake up, I'm a fight for civil rights, you know, and just say, hey, I'm no. And listen, there were a lot of other people living in that era that didn't do what he did, right? Mm-hmm. So he not only was he not only did he feel like he was called by God, but I would I would dare to say he might have been given a grace to do what he was done or to do what he did. Not not do what he was done, to do what he did. <laughs> right? And so to to minimize that by merely focusing on oh the the Selma um, you know Selma or the bus boycott or the I have a dream speech to just focus on these couple of small isolated things I think takes away from who he was you know takes away from the the, the total package and why he did what he did mm-hmm. um, and I think that that does a disservice to future generations mm-hmm. it does a disservice like you know I was telling y'all you know in a pre pro before we started that. Like the MLK that's presented to my children, I'm like, yeah, what really? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Have, have you guys noticed that like MLK Day? You know, we celebrate Martin Luther King Day in January. It's just turned into like a day to go do some volunteer work, and I just be like, what? Mm. Like that's all you have dumbed down Martin Luther King to is go serve some soup in a homeless shelter, and it'll be fine. That's what Dr. King lived for. And that's what he. And that's not what he lived for. Mm-hmm. No. Now, did he do yeah. those things? Yes, but that's not the totality. So. 
I got a bunch of quotes, but I I wanted to get your thoughts on just how the the changing views, you know, in in the society, you know, in in the society at large, in the culture of Martin Luther King, and and how that you think, how do you think that does him justice in terms of how he's presented to subsequent generations? Yeah, so just kind of connecting this to the last topic a little bit, going back, uh, you can see. You know, of course, we know, and I'm sorry, going back on what he did, but he did, you know, the nonviolent protests. And you see today with Kaepernick doing nonviolent protests, and you see a different reaction. Uh, like, say, for instance, yeah, our president uh, <laughs> saying, you know, he's in one in one moment he's calling the NFL players SOBs for doing that, and then the next moment he's praising Martin Luther King when Martin Luther King yeah. <laughs> did wow. something uh, a lot more dramatic than what they're doing today. Um, but I think just going back to what you were saying, AJ, as far as, you know, who he was, like, and, like, you know, as I mentioned before, as a lack of leaders uh, in social justice and civil rights is the fact when we look back to the civil rights movement, where were the leaders coming from? They came from the church. So this is who Martin Luther King is. And he, like AJ said, he felt a calling by God. He, you know, most of the, most of the civil civil rights leaders were from the church. Mm. Um, And unfortunately you don't see that today. You don't see a lot of the church standing up, you know, behind these things. Like we should be, it should be us. We should be the ones Again, when we see the the poor, the widow, when we see injustice, we need to be at the forefront. Not not an NFL player, not an NBA player. No, mm-hmm. us, the church. We need to model that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let me throw out some uh, background, and you know, go ahead. I just wanted to say that you know, so for people who don't realize, Martin Luther King got a PhD doctorate mm-hmm. in systematic theology from Boston University. So I just want to again. I want to. I'm going to spend the most of this segment just reinforcing who he was as a man of faith. Uh, so again, uh, well, every I don't know about again, but I just want to uh, be clear that everything is uh, everything when it comes to our society, when it comes to media messaging, is narrative. It's right. narrative, 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 narrative. It's not necessarily fact. Is narrative, mm-hmm. and sometimes there are facts, and sometimes there's not. But there's narrative. <laughs> Arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, there's narrative in order to put the put put the population under a particular uh, state or psyche so that they perform certain actions or do not do certain actions. And so, for uh, Martin Luther King's or real name Michael King, right? Martin Luther King's. Right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Martin Luther King to be uh, turned into um, like having over a 90% approval rating now, uh, whereas that wasn't necessarily the case. He was unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, he was mostly unpopular mm-hmm. based on polls when he died in 1968. Uh, just speaks to the fact of a, a narrative and mm-hmm. how stories uh, stories change and mm-hmm. um, the, the certain aspects of it get highlighted to to kind of show that um, the person wasn't necessarily as, like, it, it really, really it's done just to kind of, like, um, create a certain amount of unity oh, yeah. and to not necessarily cause uh, divisions, to mm-hmm. get people to operate in a certain way, at least 
at least um, when it comes to Martin Luther King. Uh, his uh, Mar- Mar- the Mar- Martin Luther King Day came into it was it was it's actually called the National Day of Service, uh, but his birthday was um, commemorated or mor- memorialized into a national holiday in 1984, mm-hmm. I think, and it was like. It was spearheaded by Stevie Wonder. He was like one of the people that had promoted it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for that to happen, a certain narrative had to be accepted. And and you um, know but, what? To to tie these two stories together, you because I, I, I looked that up yesterday. Arizona was the last state to enact MLK Day, yep. and mm-hmm. it actually came from pressure from the NFL. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. the, the NFL boycotted because they had the car Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And Arizona <laughs> lost so much money that season in 92. Oh, they, <laughs> they uh, you know, they ended up making MLK Day a holiday in the state. So I just find it funny now here we are full yeah, circle. Yeah, it. Wow. It, yeah, yeah, Arizona did not recognize it was it wasn't until 1992 that yeah. they recognized MLK. I thought that was wild. The NFL was one of the <laughs> factors wow. to help Arizona. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I also want to promote um, the reading of the, uh, reading of the, um, uh, um, there's an act called the um, <clears throat> Freedom of Information Act. And the Freedom of, yep, for freedom, that's, that's what I work for. Oh, okay. So you sure you want to say that, man? You okay. sure you want to? So <laughs> you you, oh, you have the Freedom of Information Act, and what is it after? Is it twenty five years? After twenty five years, and you have these uh, certain documents that are uh, they have a time span on them where the public can't see them, but then after a while, the record gets opened, right? Right. So, but it's not necessarily classified, right? Because so, or, no. or cl- right because classified things are classified what in perpetuity? Well, cl- well, cl- well, it depends on the nature of them. Like the if nature, it's, if, right. it's, if it's grand jury, if okay. it's um, if it's something that could be a, a matter of national security, different things like that. Okay. And other than that, though, uh, some stuff is is made available as uh, public uh, information. Um, is some stuff is ready available? Some stuff you have to go through the whole FOIA process of requesting the records, going to the district wherever those records may be, and then they get processed. They may get redacted depending on the information, and then get you know get exempted or whatever. Okay. And that's pretty much the process, but a lot of it, no, it's it it just depends on the nature. Um, okay. If it's uh, if it can be disclosed, there's certain information that's unreleasable, um, depending on the nature of it. That could be personal because because it's. Be work. careful what you tell us, man. Well, oh no, because no, it's a, <laughs> well, yeah, I, it's one of those things where you you have to because we have an exemption list where. Certain information is not is to be redacted because it can give is like PII personal um yeah identifying information yeah it could, it could be a threat to somebody's life right. or whatever so um but there's certain things that can be made public where you may not even have to go through for you so so with that said with that said I just wanted to bring up the FBI vault mm-hmm. and the FBI vault has files that were released about um, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and mm-hmm. investigations uh. Uh, as to whether or not the federal government or the CIA was involved uh, in his mm-hmm. in his murder, yeah. and it was uh, the Attorney General in 1977 uh, had um, there was a there was a uh, a case that was brought up, and so it was through like checks and balances of the federal government. The Attorney General was like, okay, so we're going to do this investigation, yeah. and so I was actually reading some of those files last night. Didn't get through the whole thing. Um, but I did. Who was the attorney general then at that year? I can't remember the name. It was like a lot of names in there. I yeah. cannot remember the name. But you know who was really running the FBI? 
Say what? But you, but we all know who was really running, like oh, Jagger Hoover. Jagger yeah, Hoover. well, yeah, his name was his name was all throughout there, and mm-hmm. just to be, you know, just to be, uh, just to be clear, uh, that there were the the. I didn't get through the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure it came back as inconclusive mm-hmm. as to whether or not there was involvement because there was a lot of uh, there. Well, there was some involvement, but the but the issue was was how far how high did it go? Mm-hmm. Um, there were because you had the you had the Memphis Police Department that called back um, that called back their surveillance like two hours before um, two hours before he got shot. Oh yeah, you know it was so, hired at Memphis Police. I yeah, can but that. yeah, mm-hmm. but that's that's written record that that's what happened. There's also um, there's also a written there's also written record there's also written re- written record of um of other things. But but yeah, I just I found that I found that interesting. So but yeah, you you can continue. So I just you know BuzzFeed had an article. It's a really good article. Um, just stating some of Martin Luther King's more controversial quotes. Um, you know, because it's ironic how people want to make him out to be this big patriot now. And, you know, we salute Martin. And listen, I I love it. I mean, I, I've taken my kids down to the MLK Memorial, you know, the monument down in Washington, D.C. So I'm all for it. But again, if you know the real Martin Luther King, you can kind of put that in his proper perspective and take these, you know, these rose colored glasses off when people kind of think about Martin Luther King. I know Dan mentioned it, you know, how now everybody loves MLK, mm-hmm. you know, and so. 50 years from now maybe we'll all love Kaepernick you know who who knows <laughs> 50 years from now it's like like maybe when, Ma- like when uh, Muhammad well, Ali died Ma- yeah. Martin, Martin Luther King dies. I think that kind of does a little bit of a disservice to uh, the, the the scope of what um, Martin Luther King was was about was what he was doing um, it, it, this, the, the the ocean of how deep Martin Luther King is in the ocean of uh, our society was like you know um Far, 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 thousands of leagues deeper than Colin Kaepernick, mm. and uh, there's there's no comparison. Well, uh, the, and I'm not. But put- the story hasn't finished for Kaepernick, so I mean, we don't know what he could do. You know, what he could continue to do. So it's I'll- it's not well. Basing it off of basing it off of um, the conversation, that that I think that that's kind of irrelevant. I mean, you don't know what any of us at this table can do. Like we're just t- we're talking about the stories uh, or the facts as we know them right now, and so. And so with with Martin Luther King, with Martin Luther King, he was, um, I mean, ultimately the dude was for a redistribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. And so he was, uh, um, I mean, that wasn't going to get very far, <laughs> but but that's what that that that's what he was for. And uh, that was one of the things I was reading in the uh, in the vault uh, with the Poor People's Campaign, mm-hmm. and like his goal, like. Prior to him dying, what he was trying to do was get three thousand poor unemployed black men to to uh, camp out at the Washington Monument or the Lincoln Memorial, mm-hmm. and so he he traveled he he traveled around the country and he was trying to pull people from sixteen different localities, uh, but he was and this is this parallels the NFL this par- this parallels the NFL uh, um, uh, uh, story that was that we were sharing just now. He was he was frustrated at how unsuccessful he was being because he could not he he I think he got he couldn't he couldn't he was not making progress as far as the amount of people who uh, wanted to be involved and their level of training for his nonviolent his peaceful nonviolent protest strategy. So what happened was he got the he got a call he got a call about um, a protest that was that was going to take place in Memphis. 
with uh, the uh, sanitation workers. It was a thousand sanitation workers that were going to protest um, by uh, to, through through a union. But they but what they were going to do is basically they were protesting benefits, and um, I can't remember the. All of the benefits, but I mean, it was like basic stuff uh, that they were protesting for. Nonetheless, Martin Luther King. Oh, and there was a request. There was a request by uh, the the person who was leading who was leading the protest that they wanted uh, they wanted Martin Luther King and other civil rights le- leaders to come and like show solidarity and whatnot. So MLK was like, all right. So he had switched up his plans, and then that's where he went. He went there, and so um, so anyway, I had wanted to. You know, I had wanted to bring that up, but there were other there were other people involved with that aside from Martin Luther King, um, other groups, but he was clearly the the, the most lead. popular. No, no, I wouldn't even say lead. I just say that he was the most popular. By by lead, I mean the face. There's I a, say he was the most popular. Well, I say he was the most popular because so, it was Memphis. It was local, so I mean they had their own thing going on. Yeah, but they wanted him there for a reason. They wanted him and other people there. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He's he was the most him. popular. Well, so I mean, you, the most popular, the face. I mean, that's that's getting into semantics. I mean, there's a reason that I would. have Well, you said lead. So, well, no, I meant to say like the face. Like they wanted his face present at what they were doing. Like he was like the bigger standout. Yeah. So if, yeah, if, that's if the yeah, photographer right, exactly. from, the, from the newspaper in Memphis gets photos, right. you get photos of Martin Luther King. Yeah. At our march, all of a sudden, it, right. it goes to a different place. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to just bring up that, you know, the lens in which that we have now is a little bit different than the lens then. So right. he might be the most popular that we can reference now, but just because that mean that is the case now for us doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he was like it was just him. So, oh, I don't think I don't yeah. I don't think that's the case at all. And again, I think that if it we, wasn't if if we knew the real him, I don't think people would look at him the way they do now. Right. That's what I'm saying. The reason we look at him now is because it is a palatized version of MLK. Something that's palatable, not palatized. Palatable. That's fine. We got you. Man, I'm, I'm struggling today. You can, you can, you can palatize is something they use in warehouses. Well, hey, they come up with yeah. words every day in a right. dictionary. So. But it, yeah. it, it's a more palatable version of MLK. So I want to read a few more of his quotes. He was anti-military complex, right? A nation that continues to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual doom. That's from his sermon, Where Do We Go From Here, in 1967. Mm -hmm. So he was anti-military industrial complex. So I would like to, uh, you know. Hold on, let me me get a a couple more of these quotes out. He was anti. Now, by the way, he also continually referred to the U.S. regime as oppressive. Freedom is never voluntary, voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by those who are oppressed. That was in his letter from the Birmingham jail. Mm-hmm. Again, so this whole notion that Martin Luther King was this great patriot, I think is, is, is a little misguided because that's not the real Martin Luther King. That's what we want to think of him as. Right. We want to think of Martin Luther King as this great, oh, he's a great uh, American. Let's build a like, monument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let me, let's, let's, let's look at a couple more because he was against capitalism. Mm-hmm. We must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers Profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people. The giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militar- militarism, militarism, 
are incapable of being conquered. So again, this is MLK. That's from his sermon, Why Am I Opposed to the Vietnam War, 1967. So I mean, this article in BuzzFeed goes on and on and on. The last one I wanted to read was about his view of American imperialism, mm -hmm. where he talks about, um, this is also from that same sermon, Why Am I Opposed to the Vietnam War? He says, Western arrogance is the feeling that it has everything to teach others and nothing to learn from others, and it is not just. So again, he, the, the real MLK was not this guy that is propped up in 2018. This was a man who was anti-military industrial complex, anti-capitalism, anti-imperialism, all the things that, we, that people still hate today. Mm. You know, because when, when you come against big, powerful, important Americans, you get ostracized and squashed, right? A la Kaepernick or, you know, insert anyone in, in that point there. When you come up against big money or big military, you are squashed and put aside. Mm. And so that is that is the real Martin Luther King that I, and I would encourage people listening, go out and do some study on who Martin Luther King was as a man of faith, first off. Secondly, as a man who was anti-establishment. Yeah, I almost like, he almost said like, you almost say it's like revolutionary views. Except yeah. for it was not at, at that time. At that yes. time, except for it was it was not. Except he was more methodical with it, where it wasn't, where he had a nonviolent policy. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't a Malcolm X like type of approach by any means necessary. But it was more it was more methodical with him, where he was trying to do it in a way where it wasn't, um, where where it wasn't a violent approach, but it was more methodical um, in working its way through the the the, the system. So. Yeah, I mean, it was more revolutionary from what it sounds like, you know? No, definitely. And bring up that point that you was talking about earlier with the Malcolm and Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, um, as we were talking, um, you know, in, in pre-production, it was, I've read where in X-Men, um, <laughs> if you're, you're X-Men, where you had Charles Xavier, um, or as we call Professor, Professor X, and then you have Magneto, who's the antagonist so um in those two characters those two main characters the protagonist and antagonist professor x and magneto those two guys were loosely based on um martin luther king and malcolm x um they loosely based those characters on those two guys um martin luther king um professor x was loosely based off martin luther king and Malcolm X was and uh, Magneto was loosely based on Malcolm X to where they both had two different approaches and how they wanted to um, how they wanted mutants to exist in the society. Where Professor X, he was more of the uh, nonviolent Nobel Peace Prize type of guy like Martin Luther King was, um, where he wanted to he wanted peace between the peace to exist between humanity and mutants he wanted to bring those two sides he's together he's an integrationist yes right and then you have magneto who was had the malcolm x approach who was the by any means necessary like we are pretty much the mutants are the um mutant he looked at it as mutants are the superior race Right. Um, just like how it was when Malcolm X first came out where he looked at like it's really black folks, you know, we are really the superior race and we need to show you know, so those two approaches, they actually loosely 
base those two characters off of Malcolm and Martin. So reading that, it was like it's interesting because, you know, now, of course, you had they were two white guys. <laughs> the moral you know of that I mean? story is black folks are mutants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, those so so to read that those that those two characters in X-Men were loosely based off Martin and Malcolm um, was very uh, peculiar to me. So um, just wanted to uh, shed some light on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that, when you was telling us that, I was like, "What?" I mean, I could see it now that you say it. Once right. you said it, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I could see that." But I just thought that was, you know. But you also, th- but you know, to bring uh, to in addition to that, AJ is if you also, I believe, and I didn't read anything on this, but I also believe if you look at black and white relations, um, I think that vampires and werewolves are loosely based on black and white relations. If you think of it. Um, where you had vampires who they're they're supposed to be the superior race. They're pale, you know. They, um, you know, they're pale. They're supposed to be this superior, live long, you know. Um, but then you also had the werewolves. Remember, like if you ever seen the movie Underworld, where the vampires had the wolves enslaved, but the vampires knew that the werewolves were more powerful than them, and if they ever had gotten free that their fear of that the werewolves would take over and that the vampires would be the less superior race or not be the majority. So, you know, if you kind of look at that, it's like, huh, it's like, that's kind of how it is. The vampires and werewolves uh, is kind of like how it is in black and white. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, kind of look at that and say, okay. Yeah. So, but that was, a that was another, uh, point i wanted to bring up as well to add to that so yeah well there you go so we either we're either mutants or we are uh, <laughs> always or we vampires no, I'm, just kidding. Yeah. I'm, playing. I'm playing yeah so so with, with, with that being said i, I just want to make sure that you know and listen that's not the totality of who martin luther king was but it's another side that i don't think gets talked about often enough mm-hmm. no that and it wouldn't uh, because it's uh that would be that'd be detrimental to the to the conservation yeah. of of this country mm-hmm. in order to promote that it would be promoting uh it would it w- it would be promoting its own demise yeah wow. and i and i think that Which, um, that's why it's important to control the narrative yeah and I, and i think that it's unfortunate that they look at the nonviolent perspective as weak when it was actually strong you know yeah. it actually shows a certain strength it shows um, a certain reserve that a lot of people don't have, which is the reason why he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Because, but a lot of people look at his approach as weak when that wasn't the case at all. I mean, this guy—I mean, who's willing to be jailed? Who's willing to be um, shot at or whatever? Um, you know, and he was able to take all of that and you know to to show the restraint that he's shown. I mean, um, it's it's self control. It's the fruit yeah, of the spirit, well, right? I mean, a, a, a lot of believers, and you know, this is where I, you know, and I'm just throwing this out there where you may get some of the lack of wanting to look at that side of MLK because some of his views on certain tenets of the faith were a little questionable, right? And mm-hmm. so, where you certain believers would then be like, "Well, that's enough ammunition to just mm-hmm. you know erase everything," you know right. what I mean? And listen, and again. And you can't do that. Can't. Now, are there certain things about MLK's belief where you may say, hmm, mm-hmm. but that's that's anybody. You could right. you could pull up any 
Christian leader, any yeah. any believer who's been a leader, and there's look always going to be a flaw somewhere. Exactly. There's always going to be a flaw somewhere, and it's like you, but you, but can you erase the totality of, of what he exactly, did? Exactly, of what you he did. can't, you can't do that. You can't. So, I mean, and that's proven. I mean, to where his speeches are still admired by a lot of us. Um, you know his his actions. I mean, they can't be forgotten. He can't be erased from history. So, you know, all you know, nobody's you know, everybody's flawed some in somewhere. Whether it's their logic or whether it's their theological views, whatever. Uh, everybody has a flaw, but you can't erase the. You cannot erase what he did at all. You know, you can't erase the totality. Of what yeah, he this did. is where that that scripture in in James, which is faith without works, is dead, mm-hmm. right? And I think for a lot of believers, they spend so much time trying to prove that my theology is so on point. I got the sharpest knowledge about this particular topic, but yet and still you have no actions that align with what you've said. Mm -hmm. Now, Martin Luther King may have had some shaky views about some different things, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it is the virgin birth Mm -hmm. or um, Christ's position in the Trinity, you Mm -hmm. know, those real deep, deep theological topics, mm-hmm. right? It's not, we're, we're not talking about he didn't believe in salvation or he didn't believe Jesus died on the cross. But right. when you get into that deep, deep stuff, remember this guy went to seminary, got a degree, in, a <laughs> right. doctorate in systematic theology. Right. So he's probably thinking about stuff that the average believer is not thinking, thinking about. about right. You go to the average believer and say, yo, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the, you're like, huh? Right. <laughs> you're like, what, what are you talking about? Right. So that, that for me is, is the part where it's like, all right, but you want to prop up some of these guys, you know, historically who might have been the most, sh- you know, the, the the sharpest knives in the drawer as it pertains to their theology, mm-hmm. but yet many of whom owned slaves, mm-hmm. many of whom participated in the extermination of the Native American peoples. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so yep. what are we doing here? Right? Are we saying that's more? You know, incriminating than participating in murder. Mm-hmm. You see, what I'm saying so. That's where you don't want to. That's a slippery slope that Christians right. should get off of. We right. like we really should get off of that slope because if I start picking apart people in history, other than Jesus Himself, other than you know Christ, right. I could pick apart anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah, I could pick apart any historical leader. Right. Who happen to be a believer? I could pick them apart all day long. Yeah, and it's just like well, you have certain Christian leaders who like you have some Christian leaders who are who have Armenian views. You have other Christians who have Calvinistic views. You know, but at the same time, what's the core of what they truly believe? Which uh, nobody denies that you know Christ being the only way to the Father. I mean, it's just like it like every nobody has a perfect theological view at all. Right. But in terms of their impact in the body of Christ and in the world period, none of that can be denied, none of that can be erased. And you'll never find any person, just like you said, other than Christ, you know, you will not find um anyone um who is who was who was flawless on everything. Even even maybe from a, a moral standpoint, you know, where, you know, some of them could have had so, issues with, you know, adultery or something like that. But other than that, I mean, you can't erase what, what any of these guys have, have done, you know, to impact uh, the body of Christ or impact the community, period. So, so uh, I don't know you're trying to wrap up. 
Um, I'm just wondering, like, how I go from Martin Luther King to any of these guys. I thought we were talking about Martin Luther King. Well, I, the reason I brought it up is because one of the pushbacks that you get from a lot of believers is, oh, well, you know, Martin Luther King believed this and Martin Luther King believed that right. as a reason to not want to fully, pro, you know, embrace the entire man. Right. I've heard that line of thinking and we, as we a reason about. not to want to fully embrace the entire man yeah so are you saying that they should put that aside to embrace the, the entirety of the man when, the, when you embrace the entirety of the man you embrace the good and the bad right you embrace mm-hmm. the good stuff and his flaws mm-hmm. you it, that's the that's the the, the the full man the the full man of martin luther king why embrace flaws because that's part of who who he is but why embrace him when you embrace the man, you embrace all of the man. Why do you embrace flaws? I'm not embracing it's not a flaw. I'm embracing a man. Okay. Let's let's. If you look at the passage of scripture where the prodigal son comes home, mm-hmm. and when the prodigal son comes home, it's a parable of the prodigal son. We get in Bible, folks. <laughs> um, the son comes home just looking for a job. Mm-hmm. That's all he wanted was a job. His father wasn't willing to give him a job. Right. His father embraced the full son. He didn't come at him like, yo, what you been doing out there, man? Mm-hmm. No, he. when you embrace the man, you embrace everything about the man. Mm-hmm. Now, we can deal with the flaws, but I deal with the flaws from a position of embrace. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with the flaws from a distance. No, you, I'm going to keep you at arm's length because you have this faulty thing right. that that I don't believe that you believe. Right. That's what people do. Right. And it, it like okay, it taking so, a, like having the flaws take away actually what they've done. Like because they had this flaw it just erases all of the other well, stuff. Well, so I need you to uh, I I I, <clears throat> I would request that that's that that is being that that you're very clear with what it is that you're saying because I in my estimation I don't think that as you say believers have any issue with that. Um, I think how many I, believers have you talked to about? I mean, because we was literally just talking in pre-pro, and Landis and Dan brought up a couple speeches where people had questioned his authenticity yeah, and his you, faith. Well, yeah. If you it, again, if you look for those, but for the most part, well, I'm just saying it's out there. That's all I'm saying. But um, okay, so I heard you say most at one point. So I oh, well, well, I'm just well, saying it's out okay, there. I don't well, know. yeah. I mean, I, there's no, there's definitely no, no question that it's out there. But I would actually. I, I I will actually I will actually uh, argue uh, that believers probably have an issue with being too accepting. Yeah. So um, I I don't think I, I don't I don't think that that is as much of an issue as as what it is you're making it out to to be. Um, and that's why that's why um, I'm asking you to just when you went to like you know like all people and I'm like. Okay, well, so everybody, because there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. that, I, 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 a big issue is that people aren't as discerning as they as they need to be, right. as they should be. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I well, think- Well, when I see the fruit, remember, we judge trees by their fruit. Yeah, but you could bring up all kinds of people, man. Like, like you could bring up James Cleveland, you could bring up Eddie Long, you could bring up, like, you name it, just because, just because, okay, 
Maybe the things in which that they did wasn't necessarily with sanitation workers, but you people could argue to say, oh, well, you know, he if it wasn't for James Cleveland, you wouldn't have no gospel music industry and people become saved off of that and blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say the same thing about, I mean, and then it, it trickles down to, to Eddie Long and then, you know, your average storefront preacher. Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that's why we started bringing up the other cats when you was asking, how do we get to these other people? I was just using mm-hmm. that as an example. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to pick apart MLK, I could pick apart anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? Because I'm not using his flaws as a way to denigrate the man, mm-hmm. and that's what people do. They'll they'll say, okay, so okay, so I just need that to be a little bit clearer because I th- I, I mean I think it's important to be able to analyze uh, people's contributions, mm-hmm. but also where they fall short, mm-hmm. and be able to say like it doesn't matter who it is. I can nobody is above critique. Like oh, I no, can do that with anybody. And so. Yeah, including myself. Mm. So, well, I'm above critique. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> who's watching the watches. Yeah, it was right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I just, I just wanted to be. I was just requesting or, or trying to figure out where you were. No, you Mark, know, where you Mark were going. Luther King is not be- above critique, but yeah. what he, but what he See, is. Because is a man. here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got people that's you have people that's listening, right? And then they would be like, "Oh, okay. Well, based on based on what it is that I just heard." Then it's okay that um, you know, like my uh, husband is, I don't know, molesting my kid, or because you know the great things that he's done for the kingdom, mm. or it's okay that you know I step out of bounds, uh, or I I don't <laughs> you know go I, to the most extreme, but it's not. But this is what people do. Like I'm not talking about. Well, that's I'm, I'm saying that's a slippery slope because yes, if I start on something small like some theological view he has, right? Mm. Then yes, I can easily slide into well, I molested kids yesterday. So what's <laughs> up with? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying right. if I start picking apart every little thing, right, mm. as a way to denigrate the man, every right. like everybody's done something. Mm. I, like I would even garner to say MLK has done things we don't even know about, right? right. But does that A, take away from the fruit in which he's shown? Mm. The Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. Mm. And so does that take away from the man the fact that he might have had a theological view that does not align with what I might believe? Mm. No, it does not, Mm. right? David had a man killed to sleep with his wife, but yet and still God would still have Christ come through the lineage of a man who had that kind of darkness in his heart. And he also and he also was uh was called a man after God's own heart. Still, exactly. Even after all of that. Even after all of that. So the my my point in bringing all that up is if MLK believes something and you know Dan had pulled up a bunch of stuff in terms of the Trinity and things like that, those are real deep theological views that might not align with me or the average believer. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But do I use that to then denigrate all of the fruit in which I've seen? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I don't. I can't. Because if I start doing that, then yes, I'm going to slide down to the child molester, mm-hmm. right, who might have done one good thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't, I don't, yeah, cause like, that's just think, a, a, a difficult think, thing to get into. But think right? about the creation fest dude, or, or like, <laughs> right. um, you know, one of the previous podcasts where we right. talked about and these, uh, all these moral compromises, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever gets called that. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of people who are in those situations right now where they see, okay, well, this person has a whole bunch of followers or whatever, people coming in and out of this, you know, um, 
service. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, or whatever, this person is extremely manipulative, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or they're stealing, um, doing um, what self dealing, I think it's called, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, when you. Um, when you misappropriate funds okay. mm-hmm. from from your uh, institution, organization, yeah, yeah, yeah. your organization, or whatever. Like, I mean, all those things go on right now in mm-hmm. 2018, and so you have a lot of people who see flags on the play, mm-hmm. but they rather rather than not rocking the boat, mm-hmm. or as some people say, upsetting the apple cart. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll then hear something like you know what was said on this podcast, mm-hmm. and use that to kind of. Dull the sense and to not judge, so to speak, judge the situation as it needs to be judged, and so um, that is that. So, so I just kind of wanted to bring sensitivity uh, to that, so that yeah. people can, you know, be able to um, prop, be able to acutely move through I got you know, you. situations. Right. I hear you. I don't never want to look past it, but I, and it may, this may just be me, but I have the ability. You know, I say I'm not like I'm special, mm-hmm. but I can embrace a person even knowing that they have those flaws, right? Mm-hmm. I can say, yeah, I know you you have, because I got flaws and people embrace me. Mm-hmm. So I can say, yeah, this person has A, B, and C, right? And it's, it, it you know, I've, I've been thinking about this topic recently and we're getting way off, folks, and we apologize, but it's kind of like a, like a mature forgiveness mm-hmm. where you recall Jesus when he was writing in the dirt and cats ran, ran up on him with the woman caught in adultery. Right. And they say, yo, according to the law of Moses, of course they, they said yo in ancient Israel. Yo, Jesus. <laughs> according to the law of Moses, she could be stoned to death. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, we all know he's without sin cast for People love to quote that part. But right. what people don't like to quote is what Jesus said to the woman afterwards. Mm-hmm. After the cats drop the stones and they walk away, he then looks at her and it's like, all right, now you go forth and sin no more. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave her unaccountable. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is I can embrace you but still realize that you. I'm, I'm not going to sidestep your faults, right. but I'm not going to use those flaws or faults or whatever as a reason to not fully embrace you. Right. And that's, I think, just where we can get with MLK and people like that and say, I can see the fruit from his life, right? Mm-hmm. I am living proof of the fruit of his life. I can get on a bus right now, an airplane, and sit in the front. Right. Not watch well, Rosa Parks, but y'all get, <laughs> y- y'all y'all get my yeah. my point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of the fruit of the things in which he did mm-hmm. that did not exist just a generation prior. Um, but if I would only highlight his flaws and his faults, I think I would miss all of the great things that made you know the total the the total man. That's mm-hmm. that's all my point. And so speaking of that total man, we uh, twenty eighteen is the the year of the live read. So we do another live read, y'all. This is live read. This is live. Mm. A live podcast. Live podcast. I told y'all, y'all listening live. Mm. Because they're live while listening to the pre-recorded. There you go. You're alive while listening to me (laughs) having pre-recorded this live. Well, listen, if you did listening to this, man, I want a sip of what you're drinking because I don't know. (laughs) So here we go. Addressing your health is not something you can ignore any longer. A report from your doctor or even an achy pain in your body that you've learned to live with. It can be even lonelier, a lonelier road when you go at it by yourself and aren't sure what to do. Working with a knowledgeable individual will help you save time, resources, and actually get the results you're looking for. 
So let me introduce you to Princess Akima. Akima is a certified holistic nutrition practitioner. She has been a living example and testimony that making powerful changes in your life will have a ripple effect and turned her own story into a business that now assists others to do the same. For years, she's been working one-on-one with her clients to prevent and reverse disease. She has successfully helped people with skin issues, diabetes diagnosis, high blood pressure, headaches, allergies, and more. Using nutritional guidance, herbal recommendations, homeopathic means, body work, and movement, this whole person holistic approach is helping people restore. So get in touch with Akima today at 240-855-0266. That's 240-855-0266. Or she can be reached at www.princessakima.com. That's P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S-A-K-E-E-M-A.com. Please support our sponsors the way they support our podcast. So I can actually say that I've used Akima service. I, uh, I got a couple sessions of... Um, uh, they're like what's it called yoga like therapeutic yoga it's pretty dope pretty dope helps a lot with aches and pains you know you're getting old you know and it works oh, out yeah. the shoulders and the back and you know so Could use that. I, actually, I actually paid I actually paid one of my sponsors to use their service so nice. I would encourage y'all if y'all you know, got some aches and pains reach out to Akima she is good at what she does nice. good at what she does so anyway here we are back so MLK NFL, Kaepernick, Black History Month. Um, something that we say on this podcast a lot that I would just encourage you all to do is read. Mm. Read, 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 read. If you go out and you read. Read. R-E-E-D. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun immensely. Right. Read, read, and you will be able to, I think, do a couple things. I think you'll be able to find, right, the things that, you know, the culture tries to hide from you. That's yeah. the first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this culture is propped up on an image um, that will try to hide things from you. And but two, if you read with discernment, right, you, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be able to not only you know get knowledge, but I think you'll be able to gain some revelation. Yeah, because I think God can speak through you know he, you know of course He speaks through His Word and He speaks through His Spirit, um, but I think He also can speak to us through natural things. Mm-hmm. You know, He can speak to us through things that have been put into the earth. Um, and and God can speak to us also that way. So you know, we just, sure. as always, you know, just this MLK point is important because you won't know these things because this this part of MLK is not put out there. Yeah, you won't know, and unless and, you go read. And reading, reading is computer programming for the it's programming for the for the brain. Yeah. Reading is is programming for the computer brain. And whenever you read something, reading is technology and. Uh, I'm uh, one of the things I do is write software, and uh, you use words and you use phrases, you use letters, but you use commands, and those commands tell the operating system or the browser to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And without that, with, with, without that program, without that program, then that browser or that computer operating system would not know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, without reading and without books um but with, with without allowing your brain to process those words and to then formulate those images and those thoughts then um you're you, you don't know what to do mm-hmm. um you are moving blindly and so 
if you have the capability, re I mean, reading is it's a form of learning. Uh, it's a form of synthesizing things that have already happened. And books are, are, are merely a technology in order in order for you to in order for you to learn from um, what others uh, have done. So go out and read people. I would encourage you in my Black History yeah. Month. Go out and read Carter G. Woodson's you know, um, Miseducation yeah. of the Negro. Um, you can you can find Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail that's online. Yeah, you, um, like Michael Mack said, if you want to have something from a black man, put it in the book. <laughs> so, well, we don't want to be those people. Yeah, we don't want to be those people. No. So, um, we do appreciate y'all for for rocking with us this week. We thank the homie Landis for coming through. Mm. I appreciate it, blessing fellas. us with his right. presence. Yeah, but I appreciate y'all. We know he's doing a lot of reading right now, rocking that degree out. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. As always, though, guys, you know, no matter what topic we're talking about, we're going to keep God in the mix, mm -hmm. and we're going to probably piss some people off. <laughs> we're going to do both of those. We're going to aim to, to to do both of those because I think it. one of God's roles in the earth is to piss piss off the, the soul. Mm. So we thank y'all for rocking with this. For AJ, Dan, Avery, Landis, peace. I won't teach you. Let me set apart who is my people. The ones who set in their heart to be believers. Press on to the mark to follow Jesus. When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders. Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten. Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving. Don't follow their feelings that are being misleading. They're the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity we chose cause folks is hypocritical Religious midwit, man that is how they picture you Wishing you would go the way of the extinctional You remind them too much of what they miss to do This is how we should be, we living sober Wisely proceed as we be moving forward We all want accord as we be getting older And rest in the Lord Cause we give all the shoulders